Hello and welcome back to the second episode of Motion Poetry. The poems I'll be reading this week are a selection of works that I have written over a number of different projects. Uh, they are an expression of my interest in abstraction, absurdity and association. Many of them have been written throughout the creation of my own works. So once again I will be sharing with you some insights into my creative process of making dance and poetry. In track two I'll be leading you through a body awareness warm-up and in track three providing you with some tasks for creative movement and then in track four I'll be reading a series of poems. As always you are invited and encouraged to respond to the poetry readings with movement drawing from the tasks we have explored or simply moving in a way that feels natural, interesting or pleasurable for your body today. This experience is about enabling the body to move as it listens to enhance what you hear, noticing your physical availability and sensations to enrich your full body experience of the words. There is no right or wrong movements. You can allow any movement you're doing to be a dance. Between 2015 and 2017, I created and toured two contemporary performance solos called Pedal and Castles. I was interested during the creation of these works in how I could use spoken language in performance as a kind of abstract soundscape. The words did not have to mean anything, they just had to sound interesting or satisfying. It was a kind of experiment in using language in a similar way to how we sometimes use the body in dance to make arbitrary choices about form rather than working from meaning. Of course, the human brain is designed to construct meaning with words. It's very hard to constantly speak a stream of words that have no thought or concept connection. But this was the challenge I set myself. In my quest to do this, I began to realize the role of the associative brain and memory in creating meaning. I'm interested in what happens when people watch dance how they construct meaning from apparently abstract shapes and movements. For me, when I'm watching dance, I often will go into a kind of memory stream, a meditative state where what I'm watching becomes an expression of my own life, interests and experiences. I'm given the chance to remember and to fantasize and the constant visual information of the body's moving pushes the narrative in all kinds of expansive places that I would not go if I was looking at a still landscape or a painting. The information is new and immediate over and over again, frequently feeding in new pieces to our own stories. When I performed Pedal and Castles, I had a similar experience. The content I was performing each night was mostly the same, but my interpretation of its meaning could shift enormously depending on how I decided to direct my attention and see my associations. I would perform while actively engaging in a dance of memory, and in doing so, each performance took on a new meaning and significance. I was curious to see if this phenomenon could be consciously curated for other dancers when performing my works. When I was creating my work Not All Who Launder Are Washed on Footnote Dance Company in 2017, I worked with a similar use of arbitrary words chosen for their musical sound more than their meaning. The dancers each had a script of nonsense poetry that they spoke as part of their choreography. To wake up our ability to hear the words fresh each day, we would begin with an associative warm-up game. We stand in a circle and pass a word around each person saying the first thing that came into their mind in response to the word of the person next to them. To begin with, 
most of the connections were obvious. One person would say tree, the next person would say leaf or branch. But as we became more comfortable with ourselves and each other and began to exercise our associative brains, the links became much more abstract. One person might say salmon and the next person would say grandma. Sometimes we didn't know why the next person had said what they did, but at other times we were able to identify a memory or a story that had brought those two ideas together. For example, perhaps our grandma used to cook us salmon. So the words and the connection between them became meaningful to us even if the external connection seemed arbitrary or random. It's a simple way of seeing how quickly one meaningless arbitrary word can become very personal and profound if we choose to listen in this way. Of course, no two people's experience of anything is ever the same, but I believe that one of the beautiful things about dance is that it can invite incredible freedom of interpretation. I had an experience after a performance of Pedal where two different people came up to me to feedback what they had got from the work. One person said she interpreted the work to be entirely about feminism, the other saw an exorcism. For me, the story of Pedal is about seeking home. I'm interested in the idea that what the author intends, or where their inspiration comes from, does not necessarily matter in the meaning of the work. In harnessing the potential of abstraction to enhance the ability of the work to speak specifically to someone watching. So this week, my aim is to release any expectation that I, the writer, had something I was trying to get across in my poems. Rather, the meaning you hear is the meaning of the work. Okay, so we're going to find our way into our warm-up micro dance now. Come to standing with a little bit of space around you so you have freedom to move. Stand with your weight on your two feet. And when you're ready, you can gently close down the eyes. And just start to notice the sensation in the feet falling down through the floor. Start to notice where there is pressure from your feet into the floor, where there is space and where there is just a gentle touch. And already you can start to notice the slight little adjustments of the body, even as we're standing here in apparent stillness, the body is in constant motion. So just begin to notice the little shifts of weight Feeling and sensing how that changes the sensation falling down through your feet. The sensation of your feet in contact with the floor beneath you. now for a moment just shift your attention to the top of your head
Notice how the top of your head might be shifting very slightly forward and back, side to side, through the space. As you continuously adjust your weight to maintain this balance of standing. And then in between the soles of your feet and the top of your head is your whole body with infinite possibilities of little micro shifts, micro movements. See if you can open up your awareness to these small movements. Noticing how the muscles of the body tense and untense in order to keep us standing. And how that generates a continuous shifting, replacing and moving of the body parts. And when you're ready, perhaps with the next obvious shift of weight, just amplify that movement very slightly. For example, the pelvis shifts back a little bit. See what happens if you allow it to fall a little further into the space outside of you. Maybe you'll notice other areas of the body moving in response, activating or releasing in response. Follow the movement that emerges there. Perhaps the toes lift up off the floor or if you're rocking forward, you might feel tension down the front of the shins. With each little shift and readjust, just amplify that movement very slightly so that your tiny dance slowly becomes a little bit bigger allowing the surfaces of your body to fall out into the space around you to shift and replace. Continuously allowing your attention and your awareness to move through your body to the different places that are moving. Allowing yourself to come into a gentle, constant motion of replacing and then replacing again and then replacing again, shifting out into the space around you and shifting out into the space around you and shifting out into the space around you again. And continue this dance of shifting and as you do, once again notice the pressure in the soles of the feet. Notice where there is more pressure, where there is less pressure, how that pressure is constantly moving and shifting as your head falls into the space and your shoulder falls out into the space and your hip, then your knee, then your heel. And you can follow your own sequence of body parts that are shifting and moving or if you like, 
I'll just name some body parts and you can decide to move those, your knee, your right eyebrow, your left ear, the center of your upper back, your belly, your pelvis, your right thigh, the very tip of your right big toe, the center of your left foot, your left hip, the back of your head, the back of your right hand, the inside of your left elbow, both your armpits, the tip of your nose, the center of your back, the back of your left leg, the top of your right foot, Easy, gentle, shifting, waking up our awareness to the shifting sensations. Noticing the sensations in areas of our body that we don't usually take our attention to. And then allowing that to bring movement. Drop the elbow. Circle the head away. Fall the knee through the space in front of you. One thing shifts and another thing shifts and another thing shifts and another thing shifts. Your chin, your chest, the front of your pelvis, the back of your knees. And you can carry on enjoying this continuous dance if you like. Or you can find your way back to relative stillness. And in the next section, I'll explain some tasks. Okay, so for this week's creative task, you can begin in any position you like, sitting, standing, lying. You can be on a chair, you can be on the floor. It really doesn't matter. Any position that is interesting to your body right now. And we're going to start by just scanning through the body and noticing the position. So noticing where our feet are in relation to each other, where our lower legs are in relation to each other and where they are in relation to our upper legs. And then we notice where our upper legs are, notice where our pelvis is, our spine, our rib cage, our right upper arm, our left upper arm, our right lower arm, our left lower arm, each of our hands and our head. And then once we've kind of drawn a map of where all the pieces of the body are, we can choose two of them perhaps the forehead and the right knee and then we just shift those two pieces closer towards each other or further away from each other so shift and you can shift half a millimeter you can shift as far as you possibly can and then we just repeat the process check in where the feet are the lower legs the upper legs pelvis, belly, 
spine, rib cage, upper arms, lower arms, hands, head, and then to choose two new body parts, perhaps the inside of your right elbow and the tip of your left toes. And then those two body parts go closer towards each other or further away from each other and shift. And then you'll find yourself in a new position and repeat the process once again. Where are the feet? Where are the lower legs? Where are the upper legs? The pelvis, the spine, the rib cage, the upper arms, the lower arms, the hands, the head, and choose two new points the back of the head and the belly button. Draw them closer together or take them further away from each other. And you've found yourself in a new position. And that's it. So you can simply repeat that process, choosing any two body parts, moving them towards or away from each other, and then noticing the new position that that brings you into Tracking the position again, choosing two new body parts, shifting them away from each other or towards each other, tracking the body parts again, noticing the new position, choosing two new body parts, moving them towards or away from each other, just continuing to cycle through that. So that is task one for today that you can explore while you listen. Uh, you can also, of course, always engage in your micro dance, continuing what we began in our warm up. And as a third option for today's listening, I'd like to give you a chance to expand on your experience of moving continuously while you listen. Um, but to reframe it to be a continuous motion of the mind. So I encourage you to engage in an active game of association with the words and the poems to make them about your experience, your memories, your history, your questions, your fears, your desires and your ideas. Perhaps the word she is always referring to your mother or your best friend or a woman on the street that you saw who you're curious about. Perhaps here or there is your childhood home or a place that has resonance to you. So my challenge for you is to do a dance of association in the mind, to allow the impact of these words to make movement in your cortex. So today you have the option of a dance of the mind, your continuous falling micro dance, or your scanning and your shifting of two body parts. And you can switch between these tasks. You can play with just the one that's interesting. Uh, so next up, I'll read the poems and I hope you enjoy. One, becoming wet. Half listening, half hearing, half hearted, half trying and finding things trying, the doing, the doing of the thing again and again and again. The rain is falling, the window is open, the carpet is becoming wet, 
The pen is emptying. The world is rotating. Something bends. A backbone arches and expands. The tendons of the experience have trouble retracting once they have been stretched. They have become loose and long. A break. Something to rest in. Return and they have become stiff and tight. Resistant to be altered. I am resistant to be moved from my state of constant motion. And a state of being in flux. Flexible. Flustered by all the choices and churning through the chances to discover an alternative. Alliteration. My body is a little nation. Two. Poems about home. A lying dog. A dog not telling the truth about its dogness. Canine qualities. This part is imagined. Sitting by the resting dog, the man was having warm feelings as he worshipped her, the source. He was worshipping the source for bringing the wet and the toenails as soft as flesh or something softer. And she worshipped him for the imagined singing and for the small soil-covered cardigan he'd pulled gently from the earth earlier that day, tidying up. This thing is changing. Before, it was about an imagined death, and now it's a memory still alive but fading because of the passing of time. A different kind of death. Caught on film. Three small children, each three years apart in age, stand with shovels at the bottom of a pool-sized pit, helping Dad. Mum watches from above. Their gumboots are oversized, those of the littlest one, at least. There's no sound in the video, but that doesn't matter, for the melancholy it brings is loud. A sense of solitude in the remembering. A sense of solidarity in the knowing that others have their own remembering. A tenuous octopus of experience reaching out in something like eight different directions. A family of five, broken, then expanded. No love lost. Just altered. This is familiar. This is also strange. The strangeness of this thing is very familiar to me. There are too many things. There's not enough. Too many limbs. Too many arms. Too many memories of times sharing memories with friends with memories of their own. Ones we didn't share. Confused. A wall made of windows. The lingering smell of sweat and music. Was it the first moment re-articulated then? Or did I build the past from something new at a later date, before now and then again in this moment? They all mean something similar, something like nostalgia or mango smoothies or cinnamon toast. 4. Cooking in the kitchen with the cork floor. Saying the same thing in as many different ways as possible to define a common thread to understand a kind of essence, vanilla essence, something soft by something solid, the opposites game, a triangle table over which to share thoughts and meals, a piece of cork covered in images of ourselves. Five, what's possible? A vast landscape, 
populated by sand. A dirty hourglass and a dusty apron sitting forgotten. Six. Delivery of a different kind. What sometimes happens in theatres. Standing in the way of yourself in time and space. A fractured mirror describing masculinity. Or blindness. Or blind masculinity. Rubbing a horse foot on the floor. Rubbing the amount of fat a horse carries across your chest, then rubbing your chest on the floor, on the ground, ground down to dust. Walking back to the rock and sitting, or at least walking back to the rock with the intention of sitting, then discovering you can't because you have no legs. And in any case, there is a man lifting the rock you were intending to sit on. It appears weightless, the rock, as the man lifts it. Another man is dancing by the rock with imagined dollars. He uses his real fingers but listens to an imagined rhythm. Imagine these things are happening now. Imagine they are happening in this time and in this space. They are happening here, but they are a long way away and a long time ago. Don't get distracted. Pay attention. How can unfinished sentences tell us more than finished ones? Beginning, middle. It's already ended. It ended before now. This is how you build something people can watch from their rocks masquerading as soft seats, sitting all together and facing in one direction. An audience. Seven. How to get what you want. Showering without water, but with viciously determined intention might not make you clean. Did you want to become clean? Eight. How to know what you want. Sometimes the thing might be growling and walking and walking and walking. Pay attention to what happens when you try the above. Nine. The dirty shoes of a dead person who had been the fastest at running in slow motion. Curled and curdled his flesh cuddling deceased chest meat. He is the one disintegrating because of the grief. The other is the one decaying because of the deadness. And there is a melting at the meeting point. Two sets of pointed feet because of the inability to let go of the sharing. In order to share, being alive is required. The living know this. That's why they grieve. The original form. Cocaine, coriander, cockfight, fistcuffs, handicapped, curled, curdled flesh, cuddling deceased flesh meat and melting at the meeting point of two pointed feet. Dirty shoes made of lace, broken and spoken very fast in order to avoid affectation. In other words, a lover cradles lost breath, or thoughts, or apprehensions. 10. Basket, case, casket. I have taken all your love and spit and sinew and inserted it into my ribcage through a large but gentle needle. 
rib cage, basket case, body cabinet, casket for my lungs. You are like a casket. I lie inside you, lying about my independence. Dancing with your dentistry and dermatology, wishing I could read your thoughts and forgetting myself, my fingertips shaking. Left and right have been confused with up and down because of the horizontalness of it all. And that's to say nothing for north, south, east and west. All the directions of the world condense into this one short sensation. This is imaginary. This is future past imaginary memory, and quite unrealistic to say the least. Reality is for a different kind of happiness. 11. The structure of this rock. The warmth. Your hand makes its way up. It snails limitlessly imitating the swift motion of morning. It reaches towards your eyes until close enough to rest upon your skull. A gentle warmth at the place the two points meet. Connection brings comfort. Your hand, and something masquerading as your head, touching quietly. Both are made of dust. An accumulation connection. It makes its way down your structure, in the direction of your toes. 12. A fast way to get warm. The concept of cataloguing old pornography for the purpose of finding clarity, for the purpose of clearing the mind, for the purpose of decluttering the tensions in the body. Her attention had been drawn to the tension, in her thighs, in her lips, in fingers and waist. She had wasted quite some time on this. Not so much that she needed to stop and start again, or choose another activity entirely, but quite some time had been wasted thinking about the erotic measurements of her waist. 13. Woman by the Rock Watching a woman with dimples while she's thinking. Thoughts indenting her mind as air indents her cheeks. Intending to imprint understanding on her cortex. Her inner mind manifests worlds across her face. Out here, a gentle smile. Eyes drift to the side. 14. They remain soft. Two small, gentle bodies hold the most power. They hold a huge amount of imaginary power, real imaginary power, really well imagined. The late afternoon sun spills through the high windows. The figure of a man is figuring something out. His hair is spattered with grey as he thinks about combinations, about the ponytails of other men. And she observes him thinking as she writes, something like a book, something that can be opened and closed containing stories and infinite memories, a certain kind of book, not a holy book, though potentially a whole book, growling, desire quietly growling in the corner as she writes symmetries with limbs. There is a lightness in this somehow. 
They are having a moment of enjoying each other. 15. Outward calm. I am a rock. I am an island. Inward pressure. A song. A waiting room. Where do I sit? Where do I set myself up sitting, seeping, solidity? Slightly tense but intentionally projecting a calm exterior. Where do I sit? Where do I stand? Feet falling down through the floor and foundations into the earth fortifying my front with the air before me and my back with the air behind me. External. I am somewhere in the middle. Where I stand is somewhere in the middle. Where do I stand? Too much context. A little overwhelmed. Low. Largely content. Sixteen. These are our bodies. This is how we see and feel and touch and steal the sensations from one another's actions. A mirror of myself, my sentiment exactly. The full weight and complexity of his ribs floating before me, covered in layers of things my eyes can't penetrate. He walks like a man who has dropped many tears and carried many drops of sweat from other bodies. Always carrying the fluids of others. He is laughing, a curious and slightly unnerving joy. A moment ago he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. His eyes met mine. Now he stands ready to turn, spears the air with an imaginary knife, something else I can't see. It's soft like butter, sighs like yesterday, bread, the outside, the end. 17. He is a supernova, swimming in soup, his fingers are diamonds, his hairs are gentle tendrils of golden thread, knitted into his fleshy crown of ordinary perfection. This is him. His hands make the sounds of bells. He has things to feel, to be dealt with, to mourn and cherish and yawn, yearning for sleep as he thinks about him, imaginary present, if only a select few moments of this past existed. Is he pasta wobbling itself warm and flexible in the boiling water? Is he over there with hands on himself? Is his skull central and sensitive to his knees? Is he carrying a child, himself within himself, whose body ripples with the sensations of it all? It's all quite a lot. A man says eyes open, I think his eyes are closed, his golden threads dance. They fall up and sideways through the air, his feet are wide. It has to burn or die. A full stop, followed immediately by another word. Drunk, tired, hiding and healing, trying to get out, alone and walking through walls. Carpet rolls between his feet, crying, curled and conscious, running. Carrying a giant egg under each arm and running his parents' heads. 18. Research, research, presentation. It's the same if you want it. It's different if you want it. It's noble and meek and everlasting, dying all the time, beautiful as the sun sets, sitting by my friend, 
my body gentle, my mind mid-flow, Fluxberry Benedict, I couldn't help myself. A little arbitrary words falls in sometimes to draw me back to my roots, the wisdom of trees, the silence and the wanting that comes from the dancing. <laughs>